Good morning or afternoon. Morning. No, it's still morning, right? And happy Mother's Day to everybody. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so now that I have your attention and you're wondering what in the world is going on and you think you might have missed something, let me explain. Today we find ourselves on what I might call the hump day of Lent. Easter is on the horizon. We can see the light dawning. Historically, this fourth Sunday of Lent was known as Mothering Sunday. Now, this did eventually become our secular celebration of Mother's Day that we will celebrate in May. Um, but in its conception, Mothering Sunday was so named because it was a call to all to return to their mother church, to the church of their original formation and origin. The purpose was to reset, reconnect, and remember prior to the celebration of Easter. The day was also known as Refreshment Sunday, a day set aside by the ancient church to drink deeply from God and God's creation. A day to remember that even in the midst of this wilderness journey, we are saved by the grace of God alone and not by our fasts or our works or our sacrifices or our disciplines. At this midpoint in the wilderness journey of Lent, we are called to remember who we are, reset our focus, and reconnect with all that we are meant to be. Now, this refocusing is not designed to make us feel guilty. It's, it's designed to bring us refreshment and encouragement. Whatever your Lenten discipline may be, there's a good chance that over the past few weeks you might have slipped up a couple of times. There's a good chance that you might be feeling guilty or bored or self-righteous or frustrated. You know, our, our Lenten disciplines, whether we, whether we choose to give something up, like coffee or chocolate or meat, or whether we choose to take something up, like carving out a day, time in our day for a new spiritual discipline, it's quite possible that at this point in our journey, our goal has become our ability to persevere. As we look upon the cross at this midpoint in the fast, the church gently shifts our weary, distractible, complacent gaze away from our faith and our efforts and back to Christ. In fact, this is what religion means. The word religion at its root means re again and lydios, connection. Religion is meant to offer us support to connect again. Lent serves as our annual invitation to come closer to God. Yet sometimes in this midpoint of our self-imposed disciplines, we forget why we began and we begin focus on, focusing on how we are performing. Lent provides us a time to look at ourselves and look at our lives. What is keeping us from feeling the divine presence in our lives? How are we hiding from God and why? It's an invitation to identify these obstructions and then gently move them away so we can come closer to the love that gives us life and be prepared to celebrate on Easter morning. Giving up habits and treats can be beneficial. Through fasting, we empty ourselves. We make space in our lives so that we can make more room for God. But sometimes our willpower becomes our motive, and we fill those spaces with our ability to persevere, persevere and with our ego, and we forget to look for God in the spaces we're created. So it's important here in this midpoint of Lent to remember, reconnect, reset, and refresh, to come home to our center. In fact, all our scripture readings for today speak to our call to reconnect. 
Joshua had just been, been called to re-circumcise all those who were traveling in the wilderness with him. That was because many of those who were with him had been born during the captivity, the exodus, and the sojourn. So they had not participated in the rite in their early days. The weary travelers had reached the promised land, but they lacked the liturgical celebration of remembrance and connection to their family. The liturgy of the circumcision and the institution of the Passover created space and time to remember, reset, reconnect, and refresh. It was a homecoming of sorts, a return to who they were. This is the power of our gospel today. The parable of the prodigal son is one of the most famous stories of homecoming in scripture. Outwardly, the parable focuses on coming home as a time for celebration. But you see, a homecoming isn't always easy. Returning and remembering is not always an easy journey. It seems like it should be, but it's often one of those times when we must hold the celebration and the gratitude with the fear and the frustration. We want to throw a party, but we must hold that intention with the fact that we need the, that our need to come home was preceded by the events, often the brokenness and the mistakes that led to our initial desire to leave. Coming home in the story required the prodigal son to swallow his pride, to admit his shame and his mistakes, and to be ready to accept the sacrifice that his decisions had created. The older son, although he never physically left home, also was challenged by this homecoming. He had to, too, swallow his pride, put aside his martyrdom and self-righteousness, and be ready to accept the sacrifice required of him because of his brother's decisions. And the father, well, he just wanted to love everybody back into communion. The homecoming would be tricky for all three. Sometimes forgetting is easier than remembering. Sometimes ignoring is easier than confronting. Sometimes disengaging is easier than connecting. And sometimes we just don't feel like resetting and refocusing. The parable only hints at how messy and complicated a homecoming, whether spiritual or physical, can be. Perhaps never quite what we want it to be, because in the, we must first face the reasons that we are where we are. It takes deep courage and faith to come home, to repent, to turn around and identify our own blind spots. Where have we taken the wrong path? Some of us see ourselves as the prodigal son, recklessly wasteful, as the word prodigal means, and treading a path of what Norman Wurzba calls quick pleasure but long-term ruin and misery. We do not intentionally choose the dire results, but the effect of so many of our choices and practices over time, many of them expected and deemed normal by our society, put us precisely where Christians do not want to be. Others of us may see ourselves as older brother, which is a different type of challenge, for we don't always immediately realize we've left home. Our leaving is more subtle because it's not a physical departure and we technically never stop breaking the rules. But we often sacrifice mercy, love, relationship, and understanding. In fact, Jesus told this parable to a group of religious leaders, aka the rule followers, 
in response to their condemnation of him for eating with sinners. These first century Jewish leaders who followed the letter of Jewish law did not believe that it was appropriate for a godly person to interact in such ways with ungodly people. They would have been offended, astounded, and a little confused by this story. You see, if the older brother had truly been grounded in a place of love and mercy and relationship, he too would have been happy that his brother was home safe and sound. Instead, he was resentful. And to what end? As my friend Father Bill Olnhausen says, the older brother's stubbornness served no cause but making him miss his celebration. He missed the whole party, sulking and indignant. So now who's being recklessly wasteful? Now who's the prodigal son? Who needs a homecoming of sorts? And finally, and most likely, maybe we see ourselves both in turn as the brother and the prodigal son, equally self-righteous and self-deprecating, depending on the day. So on this day known as Mothering Sunday, we are called to do the hard, faithful, bold thing. We are called to pause, to remember, reset, reconnect, and refresh. It's not an easy road. To repent, we first need to be confronted with the blindness and foolishness of our ways. Did we take up some challenging discipline for Lent? Are we feeling a little self-righteous or a little defeated? Have we lost focus on the true call of Lent? Going home requires us to confront our own missteps, and it can be painful because few of us like to come face-to-face with the pettiness and anxiety and arrogance that sometimes can animate our heart. But this parable offers us hope and courage. Oddly, even though it's so well-known, many people read right over the beautiful gift that Jesus offers us. The parable is actually the third in a series of three parables. The parables of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin immediately precede the telling of the prodigal son. After Jesus spoke the parable of the lost sheep, notice his explanation. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Similarly, after speaking the parable of the lost coin, Jesus says, Likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. God loves a repenter. God begs us to come home. And what the, and what the return, and listen now to what the returning prodigal son said to his father. Father, I have sinned against you and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy. Not only does the father accept him back into the fold and celebrate his homecoming and his worth, but it appears that he was eagerly watching and waiting for his son to return. As the text put it, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his knees and kissed him. There is no need to be hesitant to repent, to admit our mistakes to God. God is yearning for us to do just that. For God is our constant. God is our ever-present, ever-loving, ever-forgiving, and is ever-desiring us to come home. We are the ones who block the path. It is nothing more than our fear and ego that keeps us away. God wants us back no matter what. 
This is what it means to repent, to turn around, to come home. I know I'm called to do it a thousand times each day, and each and every time God is there, anxiously waiting for my return. The path is not always easy, but the destination is sure and true. As the psalmist says today, while I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of the mighty waters shall not reach them. Be bold, be brave, be honest. Come home with the assurance that you are loved. Celebrate the steadfast love of a mother God who is anxiously awaiting us to come home to remember, reconnect, reset, and refresh, even if we have to do it a thousand times a day. Happy Mother's Day to you all, and welcome home. Amen.